Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to Petri Dish, I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. So guys, last episode we ventured a little bit out of our comfort zone. Uh, we discussed... Whoa. <laughs> black we, holes. What the fuck happened? <laughs> we talked about black holes. I kept on, I kept on wanting to say Miss Gal. Oh, I don't why? know why. But, but um, you know, so, so the last episode we talked a little bit about a new theory that's kind of percolating in astrophysics. A paper uh, that argues that black holes and dark energy are like the same thing, basically. I mean, that's what this episode's about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, well, last episode, we we laid some of the groundwork about black holes, right? We yes. talked about what a black hole is. Yes, we did. Schwarzkopf, you know, all the kind of theoretical black holes in general relativity versus actual observed black holes, yada, yada, yada. Today, we need to talk about real physical black holes. Wow. The infinite darkness that is Sean's ass. Wow. Wow. What's interesting <laughs> is technically... That's when it becomes a white hole. Wow. And all this stuff That's comes back good. out. That's very good. Uh, <laughs> Sean eats and shits for the same hole <laughs> and takes an eggs. It sounds like a Werner Herzog monologue or something. <laughs> okay, so... Um, but yeah, so all that stuff in the first episode, which by the way, if you didn't listen to it, go check it out. All that stuff in the first episode was laying the theoretical groundwork to discuss our subject for this episode. Are black holes dark energy? Yeah, and then other fun assorted black hole, yeah, you know, it, miscellaneous. That, that's actually types. just half the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, we just talk about cool stars and black holes and shit yeah. and quasars and get, we get real weird with it. We're gonna, we don't usually take this little jaunt around physics. Because it's bad science. Sean <laughs> saves the world. But, you know, we're going to indulge ourselves today and join us and the James Wood Telescope as we kind of gallivant across the galaxy and beyond. Let's do it. To the boundary of the universe, which in Star Trek, the original series, is purple. Or is it pink? It's magenta. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but there's the outer boundary like and the inner boundary, right, of the galaxy. <laughs> oh, do they like, go through the outer one? Uh, the time that they're going to see God, you know, that movie? Which one was that? Seven? Oh, God. I'm... Undiscovered Country. Uh, yeah, I'm That one, they're going it. into the core of the galaxy. Oh. Well, there's definitely TOS episode where they go to, like, what they call... Yeah, the boundary of the galaxy on the outside. Yeah, the external boundary. Oh, it was the galaxy? I thought yeah. it was the universe. That's the universe doesn't have a boundary. Yeah, well, they didn't know that in 68, did they? Did they know that in 68? Even if they did, they I, don't know, I don't know if Star Trek knew, okay? I don't know. Gene Roddenberry is pretty smart. You know, he spent a lot of time thinking about Ferengi sexuality. Yeah, all I know, there's no Jesus at the center of the galaxy, okay? I'll tell you that much. Let's take a couple steps back. <laughs> uh, we're on top of black holes. Let's get into it. Let's do it.
All right, so you know, the, the, I mean, the what Stacy Stacy wanted us to keep this episode snappy. I just want us to remember. Like, yeah, we talked about Star Trek, and that is her thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, the pandemic really did a one eighty on Stacy when it came to Star Trek. Well, good. Um, okay, so what kind of precipitated us discussing black holes at all is kind of an exciting uh, but highly controversial and maybe slightly speculative group of papers um, that kind of suggests that say everything you know about black holes. I guess it's still kind of true, but the shit is crazier than you think. Yeah, than yeah. you ever thought possible. Yeah, the, these are a couple of papers in uh, 2023, and they kind of tie together two things that people still have a lot of questions about. Supermassive black holes on one hand, and dark energy on the other hand. Right. right? But to make these papers make any kind of sense, we need to talk right. like really lightly about dark energy. We've spent a whole episode of black holes. Yeah. What's dark energy? Yeah, so basically, given the existence of gravity which is undeniable, uh, the local warping of space-time, which we talked about in the last episode. I saw an apple go up once. <laughs> <laughs> Things are attracted to the center of that warped space-time. Right, right? Like, the, like the Oscars in the movie Whale. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Super dense Actually, movie. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? A lot of biblical Brendan Fraser, I'm glad he's back, okay? I'm glad he's back. The Renaissance. He's beautiful. Okay. Um, like how the Earth orbits the sun, okay? And orbits gradually decay over time. Theoretically, all things over a long enough time will grow closer together, okay? But when we look out into the universe... That's not what's happening. Right. Rather than seeing things get closer together, we're seeing them get further apart. Yeah. Although this is, like, kind of weird, right, for reasons we're not going to totally get into, is, like, our galaxy's not flinging apart. Gravity seems to operate properly. It's, like, it's almost like general relativity works on the medium scale, we know it doesn't work on the quantum scale, and it kind of looks like it doesn't work on the really fucking big scale, right? Because the galaxy's moving apart. Uh, or not the galaxy. I said that. Uh, excuse me. The universe is flinging away over time. Right. And one idea behind the universe kind of growing over time is that it's sort of left over expansion from the Big Bang. Right. Okay? That the Big Bang was this expansionary period, and that we're like still sort of seeing right. the repercussions and the growth from that. But... Not only is the universe still expanding, it is actually expanding faster than it was before. Right, right. Okay. So, like, if we look back 10 billion years ago, yeah, the universe was expanding, but it was expanding slower than it currently right. is expanding. The so. expanse between you and your spouse is not imagined. <laughs> it's actual physical reality. And, and, and it's dark energy that explains <laughs> that. That is very sad. That is very sad. <laughs> Dead bedrooms. Very sad. Yeah. Um, and it's because of physics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know what? Next time you see a physicist, take it out on them. Yeah, yeah. Because I know you got a lot of rage They're breaking your marriage apart. <laughs> okay. So Especially like, if they're sleeping with your spouse. And uh, I do want to say you are correct. About sleeping with the spouse. No. Yes. Um, about, physicists uh, are dogs. About how this... Um, you know, Schrodinger slept with specifically prepubescent girls. No, pubescent. Still bad. Like 14, 15. That is still bad. He, like, had very detailed notes in his diary about it. Yeah. Very proud of it as an act of sexual conquest. Yeah, some people are very naughty. Yeah, yeah, but he was, like, real naughty. Yeah. Overall, that's rough. So, um, you are correct <laughs> that at certain cosmic scales, yeah. gravity seems to... Uh, override, I guess, in a sense, the expansion of the universe, the right. expansion of space-time itself. Right. Because it is true on a local scale in our solar system or an atomic scale in our bodies and between you and me and even between our galaxy and other nearby galaxies in our supercluster, right. none of those are growing further apart. Yeah. If anything, 
they're actually getting closer together. Right. Gravity is overriding it. And, right. and it's the same with our supercluster. The galaxies in our supercluster are migrating toward the center of gravity of that supercluster right. and will, given enough time, eventually all merge together into one bigger galaxy. So this has been bedeviling astrophysicists. Or just physicists, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, that's fucked up, right? It's fucked up that like gravity seems to work in a place where it should work, but then the universe, it doesn't work. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And why is it accelerating? Right. right? Like, that's, that's real That's weird. kind of like the big question here is like, because there, there used it's to be almost this potential like God idea. doesn't want us to find him. <laughs> there is a potential mm-hmm. idea of the big crunch, right. right? Which is that, oh, the universe is expanding, but then eventually gravity is going to override that. And then the whole universe is going to start shrinking basically right. all things are right. going to come closer together uh but it's not happening getting faster what is causing that expansion that acceleration of that cosmic expansion we are currently calling whatever that is dark energy right okay doesn't big crunch sound like a chewable ricola style tobacco product Ooh, like people used to use big crunch but like too many jaws fell off so it's like it's like chewing tobacco but there's something crunchy in there yeah, like fiberglass like, or something I'm imagining <laughs> shards did, did you know that they used to put fiberglass in chew to cut up your lip more so that more nicotine could get into your bloodstream wow dude wow yeah yeah it's a sad world man <laughs> like so smart <laughs> yeah yeah see um <laughs> No one can say that they weren't smart. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah Whatever yeah. you want to say about it's the tobacco industry. Genius. <laughs> a bunch of geniuses. The greatest minds. What if they had, like, gone into medicine? We, like, wouldn't have cancer. <laughs> well, it was, like, the entire tobacco industry was, like, basically the Manhattan Project. Right? Like, it's all these geniuses coming together. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what dark energy is, is otherwise kind of up for grabs. Like, there's a lot of theories about right, what right. it is or what its properties are. One property of dark energy is that as the universe expands, there seems to be more of it in existence. Right. Such that the amount of dark energy per the amount of space in the universe is constant. Right. Right. So, how that happens, we don't know. That doesn't really happen with any other kind of thing that we see do out there. You, do you think it's when you die and thetans are released? Do you think it's soul? Souls. So in that situation, yes. do we want more or fewer people to die? Like, if that's true, should more people die to cause more Thetan release and universal expansion? You guys can't see this, but my eyes roll back and I'm filming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been, uh, it's because I glimpsed the truth and I, God struck me. I've been listening to stuff about uh, this serial killer called Herb Mullen. And Herb Mullen was in Santa Cruz, and he thought he had to kill people to keep the giant earthquake from coming that would split California off of the continent. Well, what's really scary is he's right. And it worked. He did enough. He He did did enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, so literally, in his headcanon, because there was a drawdown in Vietnam, not enough people were dying. So he needed to make up for the fewer people dying in Vietnam. Is is headcanon like an expression for like an explosive mind? Like his his head's blown off? No, headcanon is like like when you have a theory for Game of Thrones. It's the canon Uh, that exists in your head. Oh, all right, all right. right, Like the canonical truth that exists in your head. Like a one with a fuse? (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, this is great. Okay, so, um, dark energy's weird. All it's right. talking about the same canon, right? Like C-A-A-N-N-O-O-N. N? <laughs> That's like way more letters, like man. Like a big gun. <laughs> a big gun that goes no, I'm talking about like, like, like Pockbell's canon. That's all. I don't know that kind of canon. <laughs> 
I don't know that song, and I don't know that candy. All right, all right. We had too much fried like chicken Like the ones today. in Tchaik- Tchaikovsky that go boom. Yeah, you got to calm down. We had too much fried chicken. You know he had grilled candies that went boom? <laughs> yes, yes, I knew that. <laughs> Russia, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the Russians haven't changed. Do they still do that when they do that? Like, when they perform that Tchaikovsky, do you have to, like, do it outdoors because you have, like, a cannon? Or are there just holes in Carnegie Mellon? Like, <laughs> it's like... Carnegie Mellon? <laughs> Carnegie Hall. <laughs> it's like these huge melon-sized holes all over Carnegie. We must move on. We must move we on. Must, <laughs> we must... Uh, what did Elizabeth Warren say? It's like, we must not be silenced or we must persevere. Persevere? We must persevere. Great. Well, you got it. Okay, we'll go first. Okay, so <laughs> dark energy is weird. That's yeah. what I was trying to get at. We don't totally know what it is. Yeah. The researchers in the recent papers were studying supermassive black holes at the center of what are called red yeah. and dead galaxies. So we're done talking about dark energy. Uh, more or less. Dark energy. I'm, we're done with it. That, that's I think enough to get the gist of the this. gist of it. We have and this mystery thing that like is up for grabs. Basically, anyone can, can make up some shit about it if the math works. Okay. That is essentially what has been happening. Right. 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 Yeah, totally, totally. For the last, like, 30 years, 20 years, I'm trying to remember when dark energy kind of proliferates as an idea. Uh, 90s. Okay, cool. So the 90s, X-Files. Yeah. That's the kind of headspace yeah. we're That's the headcanon we're in right now, guys. Yep. Okay, so these guys, we're back to our researchers. They release this paper. Boom. Yeah, and so they're looking at these galaxies that are called, quote-unquote, red and dead galaxies. What that means is that they're very red-shifted, which means that they're old, and they are pretty much dead in the sense that there's not any new stars getting formed. In younger galaxies, there's kind of a ratio between the size of the supermassive black hole at the center of that galaxy and the amount of stars in the galaxy getting formed. Right. Like, there's this nice little ratio. It seems to work out pretty well, math-wise. And it says that basically the central black hole grows at a certain rate based on how big its galaxy is. Right, and that's plausible because more shit's getting sucked into it, right? Yeah, and basically simple as that. Yeah, or the same stuff that's feeding the black hole is also stuff that can make stars, and so having more of it will do more of both things at relatively equal amounts. Yeah, what the paper saw was like more democracy means more peace in the Middle East. Keep going. Is that what that means? Um, (laughs) It's what happened. (laughs) Now my eyes are rolling back and I'm foaming at the mouth. Um, But what the paper saw was that in these early elliptical galaxies, the central supermassive black hole was growing at a greater rate than their galaxy size suggests that they should. Right. And in fact, the amount that they grew matches the amount that the universe expanded in that same sort of stretch of time. So this neat kind of matchup between the supermassive black hole growth and universal expansion kind of led to this hypothesis that they're kind of linked to each other. The black holes are essentially growing at a linked rate to the expansion of the universe and are potentially, therefore, linked to dark energy. Whoa. And that they could be a source of dark energy or at their core they are built of dark energy. Okay. That is fueling the expansion of the universe. So as to, you know, most of our audience, I think, aren't in astrophysics. I mean, I'm certainly not. I'm... A quantum physicist. But uh, I, I deal with wine on its most molecular level. Wow. But uh, like quarks. Wow. That's what I tell people when I'm serving them like a natural wine. I'm like, yes, well, the, the quarks have a certain spin in them. Yeah, the strange quarks. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeasty quality you're tasting. That's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. I believe you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> More than like you s- string wine. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, if yeah, you told yeah. me like, this wine's made of strings yeah. and they're vibrating, I'd be like, bullshit. fucking get out of here. bullshit. I use the standard model. It's quarks. Yeah, okay. 
Oh, wow. Yep. All right. So, you know, not everyone here is into astrophysics. Like, this idea sounds nice because of just, like, basic linguistic symmetry, right? It's like, oh, we got black holes. We don't know what's in them. We got dark energy. We have no fucking clue what that is. Mm -hmm. We also don't have a unified field theory. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this is actually a very controversial paper. Mm -hmm. Why is it so controversial? Yeah. So, first of all... We have some models for how black holes form. We talked about them in the last yeah. episode, right? Nowhere in that process of a black hole forming or existing is there suddenly a step where dark energy gets made. Right. So even associating dark energy and a black hole, there's no causal explanation for that whatsoever. Right. They're just like suggesting that certain rates happen to be the same. Right. And in this theory... They go on to say that, like, if you look at the expansion of the entire universe and all of that stuff, and you add up more or less all of the supermassive black holes and how much dark energy could be inside of them, you get, like, some number that's like, oh, this seems kind of reasonable. Right. It could work out. There's a lot of math that gets involved that's very speculative. Right, right. The math itself, right, that kind of supports the paper, is foundational to the paper, itself is controversial, right? Like, like whether they're actually measuring the rate of the expansion for black holes is, is even the right math. Right. Because there's different papers with different math. Right. And at its core, part of the math involves a ratio between the growth of the black hole and stellar formation, but the rate of stellar formation is itself an equation that we've sort of approximated, right. so is that correct? It could be off. Right. And if that's off, this whole theory kind of falls apart. It kind of suffers from a, a similar... I mean, look, I'm a bartender. Yeah. You're a biologist. Yep. We both know math is basically bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like, math, basically, you could twist it up to say whatever you want, really. Yeah. I mean, no offense to math, but, like... You know, I mean, fucking, it's like string theory, right? Yeah. Like string theory has all their sorts of mathematical elegance, but it's like all bullshit. Yeah, it's like 0.9 repeating is equal to one. Yeah. That still makes me mad. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm upset. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who, who's the, I feel like I was watched like half of a YouTube video and I was like, I like it, but don't understand. Wasn't there some guy in the 30s who like proved that math has a certain basic incompleteness to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're delving way too deeply into stuff that I don't yeah. even know. It's basically like some, some some things in math can be true but can never be proved. Right, right, right. That might tragically be true of string theory, which we're not really talking about now. Suffice it to say that the fact that their math works out does not necessarily prove their theory right. and doesn't provide an actual causal explanation for anything. Yeah, although what you just brought up is actually also true for these papers, which right. is some things that they predict from this kind of theory would be stuff inside of the black hole and therefore absolutely impossible for us to right. observe. At what point are we going to have a referendum? Just it, let me say this to viewers. When Sean proposed we do black holes, that wasn't even me. I was a little surprised, although I knew about this recent paper, so I knew it had to be linked to that. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised because Sean um, had a youthful interest in physics and then threw it away because of its decadence. <laughs> uh, Sean wants to save lives and get laid, all right? Wow. Um, physicists used to get laid. We talked about that earlier. Well, if we keep it in, I don't, I don't love, <laughs> I don't love that. But yeah, okay, 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 wait, wait. okay. So I realize now why we're doing this episode. You want us to finally declare physics to be a bullshit subject. Oh. Not, not, not physics is the too long term. Um, like cosmology is bullshit. Except James Webb cool images, right? Like things that like gravitational waves are not bullshit because we can measure them. Yeah, those are And real. like the James Webb telescope shit and like all the lensing and shit, that's real and that's cool. Yep. But like there's way too many physicists sitting around sucking each other's dicks, like talking all their crap about their math and like math's bad and like, then you shut the fuck up. 
right? Like math can't be the first thing, right? Like math's gonna be the second thing you do, right? It feels that way, but I am wrong, right? Like the, prove me wrong, because I know I'm wrong. Like there's gotta be discoveries that happened in the 20s, 30s, and 40s where the math came first, and then physical observation caught up to the math, right? Isn't, isn't that sure. true of general relativity itself? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But we did observe gravity first, so I, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. But there's elements of general and special relativity that were demonstrated, like they predicted certain experiments. Those experiments were done, and it was found to verify. Right. And the math and the thinking was done first. That's all well and good. Right. The issue is that sometimes the math will point you towards experiments that are impossible to do. Right. And then it's like, well, what's the fucking point then? Is any of this paper experimentalizable? Can you can you do experiments around any of the notions in this paper? Yeah. Yeah, so some elements of this might be testable, first of all, if they expand sort of the uh, the number of black holes that they look at to increase increase that number. Right, right, right. Um, there might also be some elements relating to, like, better counts of how many black holes there are and stuff like that. So that there, it's maybe, like, somewhat testable. Right. Uh, on some of the sort of like the input math equations, right. those could be better validated and supported. Right. And then that might like lend some potential truth right. to this. But like on some level, you can't observe what's in a black hole. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, like what is dark energy, right? <laughs> we still don't really know what dark energy is. So yep. it's like, unless it's like a library and Matthew McConaughey's falling through it, like we're not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like yeah. this is... This is a lockbox, as Al Gore would say, <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I mean, this paper has other problems besides even just the math. Right. There's a gap in uh, universal time Yeah. where the most black holes, the most of these big black holes, the quasars and all that shit, that we peaked in the universe at 10 billion years ago. That's depressing to think that we're actually just in, like, the 40s. Like, the universe is a jock. Yeah. And we're living in his 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the midlife crisis stage of wow. the universe. Wow, depressing. Um, and 8 billion years ago... It's Bob is, Odenkirk, isn't is, it? <laughs> ...is when expansion started accelerating. Yeah. Okay? So what that means is there's a 2 billion year gap yeah. between when we had the most of these black holes and when the expansion started accelerating again. Mm. Right? The question begs what's going on in those 2 billion years. Yeah, because if black holes are dark energy... What the fuck? then 10 billion years ago should have been when we saw the most rapid expansion because that's when we had the most black holes, right? So otherwise, what what's going on? Like these black holes are just filled with dark energy just waiting to be activated by something? Probably yeah. observation. <laughs> yeah, black so. holes are just waiting. They're being like, well, when humans... <laughs> so we'll see. Whenever humans are here, I'm going to start going. So we'll see what happens with all of this shit. Yeah. Okay, but it's going to take a while for this to be uh, sort of further validated. Is, and, yeah. is it all... Is is it dead, Sean? Do all these people need to switch to more important work like like plumbing? Right? Can math take us any farther in our discoveries when it comes to these most fundamental variables of physical existence? Uh, boy, wow. I don't know. That's complicated. That's that's. I mean, that is the right answer. I almost had you there. Yeah, because like on a certain level, quantum physics is incomplete. But quantum physics has been very useful, right? right? Like real world useful, right? right? And so it kind of you know, spurs this idea like maybe if we can complete it, it can be even more useful. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how quantum gravity would impact our real world like 
making an iPhone better or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I sure. literally don't know how that would work right. out. Although, you know, like you said, that's like, I'm curmudgeonly about science fiction in as much as I feel like because starting with string theory, and this is not even to besmirch string theory, but like we kind of stalled a little bit on our testable hypotheses. Uh, you know, the Hadron Collider. These colliders haven't broken our standard model enough. Uh, and therefore, to me, we've kind of reached the um, imaginative limits of this particular era of science, right? Like science fiction tends to, I think for like a hundred to more years, uh, tends to be defined by scientific discoveries that are really, that are seminal, mm -hmm. right? And so you had this incredible generation of science fiction in the uh, 20th century around these decades of remarkable research in science, right? Observable science and testable science. And I kind of feel like we're basically just like reskinning the same stories now because we've reached the limits of our science and therefore our science fiction. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to imagine, therefore, uh, who knows how quantum gravity, if that was solved, who, who knows how that would impact our immediate lives. But that, that's what was so incredible about the turn of the century in, in 1900, right? Was that like people did start to think that progress would end. Mm -hmm. because they thought, you know, they thought they're going to figure out thermodynamics. Yeah. And they just, like, fucking didn't. Yeah. And it just exploded. Everything, or not everything, but plenty turned out to be wrong. And it spurred innovations that that almost no one had imagined prior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I think flying cars. <laughs> no. But well, it's, cool. it's going to be the strings that get us there, buddy. <laughs> strings, dude. Which we are going to talk about more later. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. The, the flying cars will be held up by the fundamental strings of reality. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about quasi-stars, right. a.k.a. black hole suns. Right. Do you like to listen to the sounds of intramural tennis? Download Balls in Your Court today. And that's match. <laughs> well, you got to get over your your fear of Soundgarden. I'm sad that I don't like them anymore. Yeah, well. I don't know. I just, I've heard it too much. Again, I work at a bar. Son. Uh, yeah. You know another song that was actually playing at the baby gym today? That like I was like I hate this song now because I hear it too much. What is it? Gone out the window, and then he used to be, and then he used to be. Oh, he used to gone out the window. Yeah, who is that? Yeah, right. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Dude, I used to fucking love every morning when I was like nine. Every morning there's a pain of hanging And I swear to God, I would think about a woman loving me. I'm like nine or ten or something. And I and and how she never would. Oh, but now you're married. And you were you were holding your child in your hands as you were like, I hate sugar ray. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is life is funny. That's a circle of life, bro. That's a circle of life. guys, it gets better. Wasn't there a, that a campaign? Yes, it, it was for homosexual people. Well, there, some of our, I hope not, some not, of our Not for nine-year-old incels. I do sometimes worry that all our listenership are nine-year-old incels. <laughs> all right, well, well and Tyler. Listen, guys, 
it gets better. And don't self-label <laughs> as an Tell her Tom and nine-year-old <laughs> That Venn diagram's a circle, okay? <laughs> it definitely doesn't get better. <laughs> For our listeners. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> we're back from the break. Just kidding, guys. We're, we're, we're back. Just we're kidding. back. Say your words. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, we're, we're done with why we're doing this subject. <laughs> so, so, so now we're going to move on to cool black hole shit. Because, you know, I think like black holes, again, we've kind of talked about the theory of it. We talked about this cool dark energy theory. Um, black holes and cosmological objects that seem to be like black holes. Uh, the universe is huge. They're very cool, right? I mean, they're wacky. They push the limits of our physics. They're yeah. all sorts of fucked up. So we're going to talk about some of that crazy ass shit. Yeah. Black holes push the limit of our physics to the physics actually breaking, right? Yeah. And they straddle these two worlds of being infinitely small yeah. and therefore theoretically quantum and infinitely or hugely massive, right? And therefore... Are uh, probably not... Relative. Pro- probably are different than what we think they are. Yeah, probably. Right? Because that doesn't make any sense. So... Let's talk about these fun things, though. They're called quasi-stars. What if Zeus... Yeah. Like, what if, like, American gods... Hear me out. Neil Gaiman. What if every black hole is, like, a god who's conceptualized, and the shrinking is as they get forgotten? And the reason the universe is expanding is because we're all becoming monotheistic, and it's a bad idea. Rephrase. It's becoming less religious, becoming more atheistic. And so the universe is tearing itself apart because there's no religion to bind it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good, except if black holes are fuzzballs, they're not shrinking. Yeah. And so problem solved. Yeah. Okay? And Zeus can stay forever. There's a couple other problems with my theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only one that I can think of right now. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to your other ones. But All right. Maybe we cut that. Okay, so look. I'm embarrassed. No, that was beautiful. All right. Um, so last episode. We yeah. talked about stellar mass black holes. Those are the ones where if you took a star that's maybe like five times bigger than our sun and it went supernova and everything, it could make a black hole. And that's stellar mass because it's the mass around the mass of a star. Right. right? And then there's supermassive black holes, the ones right. we were just talking about. Yeah. But they're at the center of galaxies, right? And they're big boys. There's some theories as to how they're being made. And one theory that we talked about last time is the direct collapse theory. Basically that a huge cloud of gas in the pretty early universe times kind of collected around a point, maybe drawn to dark matter at that point, and collapsed down into a black hole. Without really going through like a full star and like fusion and billions of years and all that shit. Right. Right. Okay. So in the process of that happening, for about a million years, there would appear in that spot a celestial object that looks a lot like a huge star, like bigger than any star that we normally see, but would glow like a star and be spherical and everything. Okay. But it'd be fueled very differently. All right. And that's what we would call a quasi-star. Quasi-star of a black hole sun? A quasi-star. Right. We're talking sorry, about black hole sun. Or a black hole sun. Oh, oh, I, bad, see, I see, I see, I see. Okay. But yeah, so, so <clears throat> you say they're fueled differently. Yeah. Regular suns or stars. Our sun. Yeah. D- do fusion. Yes. Right? This is what everyone's been talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is what everyone's been talking about. AI. Um, but yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I actually, uh, I met someone kind of recently. Yeah. Who uh, works in Boston for a, like, a Harvard-MIT spin-out startup company. Yeah. That's, like, building a tokamak 
Um, That's cool. To, to be able to do fusions. Just at stuff. a wedding? Uh, no, this was at a baby's first birthday party. Wow. Did they, like, corral the scientists together? Be like, you guys talk. It was largely by accident. Yeah. I was, like, cool. I was, like, sort of sitting nearby, and I heard this guy say, you know, he was like, I used to be at SpaceX, but I got this new job now. Right. And I was like, what are you doing now? And he was like, I'm making Tokamax. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's cool. We're about to talk. Um, okay, okay. So usually suns, stars, whatever, they're the site of uh, fusion. Yeah, and so there's this fusion reaction happening, and that counterbalances the gravitational collapse of the star, right? Because mm. the star has a lot of mass, and it is collapsing in. It, yeah. it has gravity. It's pulling gas in. But it's also going boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And those, those, energy those two things balance out, right? right? And that's why the star stays kind of the same size for a long time. But quasi-stars are built different. They're collapsing in too fast for fusion to really kick off in that way right. and put up a fight. And so really what happens first is you form what is initially a kind of regular-sized black hole, okay? Uh, there might be a stage first where you have this protostar, but the protostar pretty quickly gets too massive and collapses into a black hole. Okay. Normally when a black hole is formed, there is a sizable explosion that happens right. that usually throws away a lot of the gas that's nearby. A supernova, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, in this case, for a quasi-star, there's way too much gas. Right. And the gas is too massive. So even though the black hole that just got formed tried to supernova... Nothing really happened. The gas is still there. It wasn't tossed away. It continues to collapse in mm -hmm. at a rate of about a sun's worth of mass right. every year. Right. And this is what we're actually seeing then, is all the shit you just described. Yeah. What you're seeing is all of these gaps collapsing in, getting closer and closer to each other, and heating up. And basically what ends up right. happening is you have what's called radiation pressure. All of that heating up is making radiation, making light and things like that. And the light is physically pushing the gas back a little bit. Mm. So rather than the energy of fusion, it's the energy of its own light that's pushing the gas coming in. Mm. So it makes this kind of sphere that's glowing. It's giving off light, but there's no fusion reaction happening. Is this a, a theoretical object or is this something that we've observed and because of what? Like because of gravitational waves measured, like we know it can't be a normal star? Like, what, what's the deal? Right. So we have not observed a quasi-star, right. and it is still, therefore, currently theoretical. The reason... One of Why the reasons, didn't we even come up with it? One of the reasons... Uh, to try to help explain how supermassive black holes are made. Okay, okay. Uh, that, like, if you try to imagine ways that you could grow a black hole pretty quickly, right. having it being fed by a shitload of gas early on right. would be one way you'd do it. Right. But if you try to like solve those equations, like what would it look like to get fed with that much gas that fast? Right. You'd end up seeing like, oh, there should be pressure back out from right. radiation pressure. It'd probably glow. So this like is, that. I mean, this is kind of interesting to, to peel back the facade of science for our listeners, is like basically some guys are trying to design mathematically a supermassive black hole. Um, and in the process of kind of retro, uh, retro engineering? Yeah, retro engineering. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in trying to retro engineer a supermassive black hole, um, they develop a mathematical equation for that. And out of that mathematical equation, they translate it into a scenario that the layman would visualize or that they would visualize. Um, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I feel like usually, like, like sometimes I only think that that's really apparent to people, even with physics, right? Is, is like, I think we so usually tend to think of science as, like, observable. That, like, a quasi star hasn't been observed. Mm -hmm. um, it's emergent out of a mathematical language. Yeah, yeah. And 
one of the potential reasons why people hate physics. <laughs> one of the potential reasons why we might not have observed a quasi star because it's if it looked like a star, it would be a very big star. It would yeah. be bigger than any star that we've observed. Oh, so okay. So theoretically, we could look out there. It would be pretty distant in the past. Do you think our sun's a star? Because that's the biggest star I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I know our sun's a star. Wow, <laughs> it's a quasi star. A quasi -star. Um, no, but if you, it if has you, Lucifer inside, if you look like really far back in the past, in order for quasi stars to be formed, you need to have a really big concentration of gas to be able to keep flooding in, right? right? And that only existed in the early universe. Right. So no new quasi stars are getting made. Okay. This would have to be a relic of the past. Right. And also because the black hole is getting fed by all that gas at a rate of a sun a year. Yeah. They only last for like a million years. Wow. At, at that point, the, the gravitational force from that growing black hole is too strong. And basically, you, you lose all coherence of this quasi-star. Right. It falls apart. Much like this idea. So, so you'd have to like go back in time to see a quasi-star. Well, that's... Which we know because of general relativity, you're yeah. not doing. Well, but that's kind of what we are doing. Right. Oh my god, what? Well, so when we look further... Uh, with our imaginations. No, with, uh, with telescopes. So, okay. <laughs> the, the further you look and the more red-shifted things are, right. those are things as they appeared in the past. Right, so right. the better our telescopes get and the more we can do that, maybe we'll find one of these things. Yeah, but right. we would have to be very lucky. Because, yeah. like I said, the distance we look back right. is how far back in time it is. And a relatively small difference in distance could pass a million years right. like, instantly, right. and we would miss a quasi-star, because it was born That's and died. That's what's happening in all those movies, when they like gotta jump through <laughs> the machine. It's like, oh fuck, I jumped to the rock time. I'm in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. I knew that was based in science. <laughs> That's It has to be. Yeah. You can't just put science fiction on television and have it not be based in science. Yeah, then yeah. it would just be fiction. Well, okay? people have all these cynical theories that it's like, oh, that's because they had on the Paramount set a Rome set. It's like, no, it's because. <laughs> Sean just said, it's like Inception. Everyone's like, why is time moved like that in the mind? It's like, because of physics. Yeah, fucking think about the physics. Next time. When Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes deeper in your mind, it's like a million years, man. Joseph Gordon-Levitt can be inside me anytime he wants. Okay. That just threw me for a looper. Wow. You know, because you looked a lot like Joseph Gordon-Levitt when you were a kid. Yeah. So that when when we were both young, yeah. we looked similar to each other. We have since diverged. He looks wider. That's true. He got wider. It's right? strange. Because 10 things I hate about you, I was like, this dude's got a little something in yeah. him. I think you're still pretty ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. Yeah. I got some ethnicities. Yeah. Um, anyway, so look, all I'm saying, quasi-star, cool sounding. Yeah. Cool sounding, haven't seen it yet. It'd be dope if we did. I'd be into it. Okay. So quasi-stars sounds kind of similar to quasars, which I think in our last episode, you took me aside for a moment. You're like, when you say quasi-stars, do you yeah. mean quasar? Because you sound really stupid. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate that. Um, quasi-stars also sounds very similar to something called quark star. Right, right. And quark stars are, are really weird. Weird and also a theoretical object that right. no one has observed yet. Right. But those are fun too. Anyway, quasars are, are very observed. Very observed. <laughs> They're so bright. Yeah. And they are black holes. They yeah. are a subset of what are called active galactic nuclei. Yeah. So those are super and ultra-massive black holes kind of hanging out at the center of galaxies. You know, I don't think that was apparent to me for a long time as a child. I think because um, 
I, I, I tried to make a joke about not being literate, but but I lost the thread. Sure. Uh, because, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but black hole sounds like, as, as theoretical of an object as it is, it's, like, such a simple name. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, black hole. Mm-hmm. Whereas Quasar sounds like such a, like, it sounds like a ship from, from like, Star Trek. Yeah. And, like, a bad one. Right, so like it sounds like a like a ship they run in, like it sounds like an alien species in Voyager, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the Quasar Uglas. Yeah, you know? and um, uh, so so like it didn't. It, I didn't even realize that quasars are a type of black hole. Yeah, until, they, like, very they don't recently. feel like the same class of thing, and they, and they, they don't look like a black hole. In part because black hole doesn't actually look like anything. <laughs> uh, and and quasar sounds kind of like pulsar, and pulsars right. are a thing that totally, are not black holes. Yeah, They're totally neutron stars. So, yeah. so, but quasars are a kind of black hole. And what happens basically is so much stuff is falling into the black hole. It's causing a bunch of friction with all the gas and dust and everything. Yeah, trying you to get keep in calling there. in the notes an active galactic nuclei. Yeah. Is that a black hole? So active galactic nuclei... Just like a giant cell floating in space? Because <laughs> that's also a Star Trek idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it can be a black hole, but doesn't have to be. Okay. And some black holes are not active galactic nuclei, yeah. right? So well, who's another galactic nuclei like Christopher Hitchens? <laughs> Or Richard Dawkins? <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> um, basically, the galactic nuclei is the center of mass of a galaxy. Yeah. And some galaxies are not big enough to support a supermassive black hole. Yeah. So they don't have one. But they do have a galactic nucle- nuclei. And it can be active in the sense that there could be a lot of star creation and stuff right. happening there. Right, true. But a lot of the active galactic nuclei, especially ones with quasars... Yeah. Have supermassive and ultramassive black holes there. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. So let's take a step away from that vocabulary. So quasar, it's this active galactic nuclei. Yep. Um, they're very bright. Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, it's all of this dust and gas falling in, and as it's falling in, there's a bunch of friction happening. It's creating yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah. of light. It's really violent, right? I think yeah. sometimes we can think of these things in abstract terms. It's like you have the super dense point, and all this shit is just like, just like yeah. It's just churning. It's churning it up. Right, which is like a black hole. Yeah. What makes it unique vis-a-vis a black hole. Yeah. And so all of that light getting generated makes it so that quasars are some of the brightest light in the universe. Right. And just the quasar part itself is often brighter than entire galaxies. Right. So so quasars, right. for example, are brighter all that than, shit going in. Yeah. Just fucking each other on and the way in. Yeah. And it's just setting off a bunch of light pretty much across the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Right, right. It's like if you had like a big old sarlacc pit or like mm-hmm. like a big old grinder. Yeah. And you're just throwing explosives down it. Yeah. And so as I get grounded, it's all blowing up on each other. Yeah. It would be very big explosions. Yes. 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 I don't think that's how explosives work. It's like an an electric scooter in China. (laughs) goes into an elevator full of people. (laughs) 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 Kills them all. (laughs) I haven't seen. It's so bright. I haven't seen that YouTube video, but it sounds, yeah, plausible. Plausible. It's like Andre bought two electric scooters and then started watching these. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. So I feel like in popular culture, mm-hmm. like a lot of people have probably seen a quasar depicted in popular culture. It'll be like two light rays popping out either end, right? Yeah, it's like very cool yeah, looking. Yeah. Why? Why is it so cool looking? Why is it just like a big dot? Like why has it got the two rays coming? Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. It's because basically, by virtue of trying to drain into a black hole, right? 
you end up having an accretion disk, a disk right. that forms around the black hole. Right. Not all that dissimilar from the fact that our solar system is kind of a disk of orbits around right. the sun, right? right? And so you have all the stuff kind of swirling in to the black hole. Right. And that causes the friction right. and sending out of light to go in certain directions. Right. And so you end up having this like... Like, fucking cool laser beamy kind of thing. That's cool. Very dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, this is something that we saw at some point looking around, and we're like, that's fucking bright. Yeah. They, yeah. they were like, that's a super that's fucking bright. Fucking bright. Yeah. At yeah. very first, it would be like, oh, that's a super bright star. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not a star. Maybe it's a galaxy. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not even the whole galaxy. It's, it's literally, Superman. It's no, just sorry. one fucking point in that entire galaxy right, right. is being so bright. Yeah. Um, but quasars don't live forever. Okay. Right. Eventually, there will be less gas and dust falling into the black hole, and less light will be created. Right. Okay. And indeed, we don't actually see any quasars that are younger than like 600 million years old. Mm. Um, all of them are older than that. And in fact, we have seen some that are about as old as 14 billion years old, which means that they formed within the first billion years of the galaxy's or the universe's existence. Which makes sense, since for reasons we talked about, shit was real fucking crazy back then. Shit was crazy, yeah. but quasars happen... With both a lot of stuff falling in, but with a pretty large black hole. Right. So for something to already be a quasar 14 billion years ago, that black hole must have grown pretty quickly. All right. And all of that is faster than we have a model for. Right. So the earliest quasars, we don't have a good model for how they formed. Right. Uh, and that's something that we don't know what yet. What are you going to do, man? Yeah. It's a long time ago. Yeah, and we're, I mean, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on it, but it's, I mean, it's some mysterious shit. What stuff. even is the Bing Bang Man? Just like a white hole? Whoa! <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's the next <laughs> section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked about quasi-stars and quasars. Let's move our alliteration. We're going to talk about wormholes and white holes now. Yes. Yeah. After a break. After a break. The following is an actual advertisement. Tired of the same old podcasts every week? When you're ready for something different, come give us a shot. Greetings, we're Technically a Conversation, a podcast for curious people by curious people. Every week, we take turns sharing a new topic, and the other host has no idea what the topic will be. Our topics are all over the place, from light and funny to dark and sometimes spooky. We've covered everything from true crime, historical events and people, pop culture icons, the supernatural and occult. I like that. And legends and folklore. My favorite. We're like the Dollar Tree stuff you should know. Except completely different. No matter what the topic is, we try to make the episodes funny. Yeah, you may not want to advertise that. Our jokes aren't very good. What are you talking about? My jokes are fantastic. <laughs> hey, I get paid to laugh either way. Wait, you get paid? Check us out at technicallyaconversation.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to the 11 and a half people that listen to us on Google Podcasts. Wait, you said you were getting paid? All right, all right, all right. So the next two subjects, wormholes and white holes, you know, guys, bring out your Einstein-Rosen bridges and diagrams oh, wow. and shit now. Look We're going to talk you. some crazy shit now. So cute. Again, these are ideas that haven't been observed, but emerge out of the math, and pretty early math in relativity, right? We're talking like the 19... Schwarzschild up to the 40s is, is by the point at which we have an idea of this shit, right? Yeah, I mean, Einstein-Rosen bridges yeah. arise out of general relativity yeah. from like the 20s, right? right. So like... Like, some of this stuff is very early. Yeah. Um, Whereas dark energy is, like, some shit. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> from the 90s. Yeah, I mean, to, yeah. to be fair to Einstein, yeah. he wrote in a cosmological constant, yeah. right? The reason why he did that is because there was a scientist 
Yeah. And that scientist was like, oh, if you, you know, if you solve general relativity and everything like that, what you see is the universe should either be expanding or contracting. Right. And Einstein was like, I hate it. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. Einstein I was like, God does not play dice about a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but about this thing, he was like, I like it when things are chill. Yeah. So he wrote in a constant to make it so that the universe wasn't changing size. Hilarious. Right. And then... People were like, well, that's kind of cheating. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you just tossed that in because you didn't like it. Yeah, Einstein was famous, so he, like, got to do things like that. Yeah, but then, you know, with Hubble and stuff like that, we were seeing some things. We noticed that they were redshifted. We're like, oh, actually, this is experimental evidence showing that it is expanding. Yeah. And then that it was not just expanding, yeah. but expanding faster. And so, technically, that cosmological constant that Einstein wrote in is dark energy. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Einstein did self-troll several times like that, right? Like, didn't he, didn't he basically come up with, like, quantum tunneling, basically to troll quantum theory? And it turns out quantum tunneling is just, like, real. And yeah. Just, just it is spooky, and, like, we don't know why. Halloween is real. There are ghosts. Yeah, there's know? some kind of thing like that. Yeah. 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 What the fuck is with quantum tunneling, by the way? What do you mean? It's it's because the, know, the, the, crazy, the, right? the probability field can, can extend past what we observed to be a solid surface and so things can God. probabilistically appear on the other side of the solid Isn't that surface. just so crazy though? Like what the fuck man? Like yeah, I get mean, out of your physics brain for a second man. That's crazy. It is crazy but you, at some point you just kind of have to give up you on get, things making sense. You gotta sense. give up. You know what I mean? That's how like fucking <laughs> photosynthesis works right? Uh, it's just quantum tunnels. The, there are some theories that suggest that. Plants are smarter <laughs> than us man! Oh did you hear the thing about plants screaming? No. Dude. It's crazy. Yeah, you like I'm I'm sorry, listener, if you're really in on this black hole thing, but Sean, you gotta say now. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay. So scientists have found that plants emit noises. They are higher frequency. They're higher frequency than we can hear. And when the plants are feeling good, they will release a sound maybe once an hour. But when the plants are sick or got cut or are low on water, they will start screaming. Like every ten minutes or something, they'll they'll start putting out more and faster Whoa. sounds, and like no one knows who the intended listener is supposed to be, oh or is it God. is it just an an emergent property of them being sick or what? But you can tell different species of plants apart from each other from their screams. Wow! And when they're damaged, they have certain screams and stuff like that. Wow! Are they screaming to each other? They are screaming in frequencies that some insects and some animals can hear, but humans can't hear. Wow! Yeah. You think we evolved to... To no longer hear the screaming? Yeah, to like get to feel okay about eating plants. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> yeah. It's like all these monkeys are like, ah! <laughs> After a while, they're like, this is not helping us yeah, at all. Yeah, I can't get any sleep. <laughs> My monkey brain is so stressed right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow, that sucked. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I always knew I had a good reason to be a carnivore. Yeah. And to still eat animals, even though I think they feel and are even conscious. Yeah. Um, and now I know the good reason is that plants also feel pain. Yeah, and with animals, yeah. you can hear their screams. Well, plants, wait, wait, that's complicated, though. Like, yeah. so plants can scream, but we're assuming, like, pain, they don't have a central nervous system, so what Correct. even is pain to a plant? Probably nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. nothing. So they probably are just like, makes it sad. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We, we, I mean, honestly. But we have noticed that it is correlated with damage. Damage and or stress. So they can either stress scream or damage scream. That's very interesting. Um, but also, we know that damaged plants will release chemicals into the air, right? right? And chemicals into the air, like hormone signaling uh, in gas form, is one way that different parts of the plant communicate with each other. Yeah, wow. So even though they don't have a central nervous system with electricity, right. they might still have ways of communicating information to, from one part of the plant to another. That's so crazy, man. It's complicated. Man. See, that's real science. 
<laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay. Let's okay, get okay, back okay. to this fake bullshit. I think we keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because all I mean, it's funny because all this shit really is is mathematics. But so so anyway, anyway. So you can imagine. Um, I mean, wormholes and white holes. They kind of emerge out of different thinking through different parts of general relativity. Yeah. I feel like white holes actually make more sense to talk about first. Yeah. So white, white it, holes... The idea comes first, actually, right? It's like in 1915, Schwarzschild's doing his equations, and he's like, if you have this infinitely dense thing that sucks in space-time or whatever, then you must have the opposite, too, right? Yeah, and basically general relativity does not care. To yeah. general relativity, white holes are just as reasonable as black holes, and they exist... Right. The same percent of the time. Oh, wait. So what is a white hole? A white hole is an area in space from which nothing can enter. Right, right, right. Uh, just like a black hole is an area of space nothing from which escape. nothing can escape. Right. right. So besides that element of it, they should essentially be the same. They are both massive in that they have a lot of mass. Right. Um, and in their appearance, both would theoretically have accretion disks right. and stuff like that. So white holes, like some observable examples are like a Parsi temple or something, right? Or like, or like a really hot girl spa, <laughs> right? Like you, you know, like really, it's like, here's a spa for hot Parsis. Wow, great. <laughs> this is a tower of silence, baby. <laughs> no one's getting in here. Wee! He even has like all white, white marble facade. Wow. <laughs> so That's uh, esoteric. An, another another way to think about a white hole is as a time reversed black hole. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a, that's a lot clearer. Well, so I was, I was reading a thing about white holes, and it was like you can either think of white holes as a time reversed black hole or a, or a space reversed black hole. And I was like, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which one of those helps me. I am on shaky space time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was that was tough. Um, uh, I mean, like in the most layman's terms, isn't a white hole like this point that like poops out shit? Yeah. Yeah, like infinite space time gets pooped out of a white hole in in a Schwarzschild white hole. Right? Yeah, yeah. Although, um, just like black holes do not constantly consume things necessarily, right. white holes don't necessarily need to be constantly spewing stuff out. Yeah. Right? So, you well, know. White holes aren't necessarily anything because they're probably not real, right? Like, we, we definitely have not observed them. Yeah, yeah. For general relativity basically predicts them at an equal percent right. chance, and we've seen plenty of black holes. Yeah. Uh, albeit a little bit more recently, but yeah. we've seen black holes. We have direct observable evidence of black holes. Right. We don't have any evidence of white holes. We've never seen one before. Why can't a white hole be the reason the universe is expanding? Why can't there just be some white holes everywhere just pooping out more space time somehow? Well, boop, 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 boop. But that's, <laughs> that's all getting bigger. Yeah, I mean, so that's a good question. There are some theories that the entire... Wait a minute, are you not a physicist? <laughs> there, there, there are some theories where the entire universe is a white hole. Right, I mean, like, some people say the black... I mean, or the Big Bang, right? Yeah. The Big Bang is, like, a big old white hole, and we're just emerging. Like, you can imagine our reality came through a black hole in some universe, and yeah. then... It gets yeah. into the, the little... The Tesseract. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yeah. just, like, farts out as the Big Bang, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, speculative. Yes, yes, but at, at the same time, <laughs> not observed. That that is conceptually what people might say all black holes are. Right. That every black hole we see is actually matched to a white hole creating another universe. Yeah. Basically, which kind of gets us to a weird idea, which is you know kind of finding these gaps in space time to move between places. 
Sure. Yes. Wormholes. wormholes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. And so you guys can imagine we to go back to our one of our original many 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 uh, confusing metaphors for space time. Yep. But you could imagine like a fabric, right? Yep. Well, people do that. Is they they diagram space time on an x and y axis. Well, naturally, you start to think, what if I just kind of whoop? <laughs> what yeah. if I just kind of looped it a little bit? Bring your hands together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, if you think about it, and you have a fabric and a black hole, you just poked a hole in that fabric. Yeah. What if you poked that hole into the other piece of fabric right. or something, right? You got yourself a little hole that transverses those points in space-time. Right. You got yourself a wormhole. Yes. And so... Wormholes, I think, are actually more famous and common, right? Everyone's in sci-fi. Then like, white holes. We yeah, went through the wormhole. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Um, and wormholes, I mean, first of all, wormholes don't technically need to have black holes on either end or a black hole and a white hole on either right. end. They're just supposed to be a tunnel that exists between one part of space-time and another part of space-time. Right. Um, in a lot of the theories, or uh, let's say the math, in a lot of the math that kind of allows for wormholes, the wormholes exist for very short periods of time. Yeah, we're talking like... Like, even shorter than that. And most... <laughs> yes, yes. Everyone, just so that we're very clear, even shorter than the sound Nathan just made. <laughs> um, and we're much more likely to exist early on in the universe. Sure. And therefore when just everything way... was more fucked. Yeah. yeah. And things were all fucked up and weird, yeah. right? So... Just like how democracy kind of existed more in early America. <laughs> right? We're in kind of too late stage of capitalism to have observable democracy. <laughs> No, no more democracy. But like you can look back through time to see this red shifted <laughs> democracy. Yeah. Say la vie. What about that? Wormholes are also total bullshit, though, right? Like they're like totally not observed and like probably just totally not real. They're basically just like people in sci-fi keep bringing them up because we like wished we could like break the rules a little bit. So, so unless there is exotic matter involved, right. which is to say. Either negative like mass, an negative pressure, right, or something right, like that. Right. Uh, unless exotic matter existed to stabilize a wormhole, right. they would be so short-lived, I don't think that there's any chance we could absorb them, even if they existed. Right. And if that's the case, I don't think that they would matter for anything ever anyway. Right. right? Like, their existence at that point would basically just enter the realm of not useful for us. Right, right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know which way that We're goes. We're not meeting aliens. We're stuck... In our little corner of the universe. I mean, unless aliens have figured out a way to stabilize non-existent wormholes. Right. You know, it, it just seems Do unlikely. you think they also have Mexican physicists? That's they, a super esoteric reference to Alba, uh, Albuquerque's uh, warp drive. Uh, I always want to say Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> or Albuquerque. Yeah. It's a, it's, I, it's a I also want astrophysicist. to say yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, His name is like that. It, there, there's a couple theories of, of warp drive that I, do exist. I'm willing to bet yeah. if in Google you typed Albuquerque warp drive, it would take you to the correct thing. Certainly <laughs> you get there. Although, I'm not entirely sure people would spell Albuquerque correctly either, come to think of it. It's pretty That's hard. a pretty weird word. Pretty hard words. <laughs> All right. So while we're talking about bullshit, let's move on to the final piece of bullshit in this episode. Right, right, right. It, it is funny, right? Because we've been talking about bullshit this whole time. <laughs> yeah, astrophysicists. Yeah. But, um... But we've been kind of dancing around, making quick references to the greatest of astrophysical bullshit, yes. which is string theory. Absolutely. There are many theories of black holes and many ideas about black holes. There's one I'm going to bring up at the end of the episode. Oh, fun. Whoa. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about one of the hot ones. Uh, do, 
black holes. They have hairs. Oh, they're fuzzy. Fuzzy black holes. They're fuzzy. Fuzzballs. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're gonna dip into string theory. Wow. Okay. That's a difficult thing to do. Right. We're not really gonna dip into yeah. most string theory. We're gonna mostly avoid string theory. Yeah. I feel like. What you need to know about string theory is that string theorists think existence's most fundamental levels. Things are made up. Uh, not necessarily of quarks and gluons and stuff yeah. like that, but instead of one-dimensional vibrating strings. I'm glad you said in the middle they're quarks and gluons because, like, if you if you just went straight to like they think everything reduces to strings, you think we were talking about like early Greek philosophers, right? Uh -huh. Like that yeah, sounds yeah. really stupid abstractly, but. I mean, we're talking about, like, waves and particles yeah. otherwise, right? Like, yeah. all these things are on a very elemental level. Um, I mean, the big problem with strings is just, like, they're so small. Is there any way ever to observe them, right? Do they? Sure. Can they possibly be observed outside of mathematics? Anyway, but Sean is, of course, right. Sean is, of course, right. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, string theorists think that the world is strings. Yeah. And little ones. Besi that vibrate. Besides that. Harmonics. Besides those words, yeah. there is then on top of that all the a, rest of physics. A lot of yeah. math that theoretically shows right. how the rest of physics can sit on top of these very, very right. tiny strings making them the, up. The, the goal of string theory, kind of historically, is that we kind of reached the end of our scientific models. Where we ran into problems that we weren't finding solutions for, like in the 70s and 80s, right? And string theory, the things like quantum gravity. Basically, the really top line one is like, how do you reconcile general relativity and fucking quantum physics, yep, right? Yep. And like string theory is like, oh, well, there's this underlying reality that ties it together. Gravity's, you know, fucking strings or something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like and, and that way we can reduce gravity and other forces in nature all to strings. And it all works, baby. Yeah. It's all tied up with a string. That, so, I guarantee I'm not the first guy who said that. And Nathan is correct here in that if that sounded crazy, <laughs> uh, so, some other physicists would agree with right. you. Again, the entirety of string theory is controversial. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's string theory. Now we're going to try to talk about black holes and string theory. Right, okay? right, right. So black holes is one of these very challenging things that we want to figure out. So, of course, string theorists went straight to black holes. Yeah. So... Black holes have a few problems to them. Right, right. We talked about pure black holes. Schwarzschild's black yeah. holes as they exist in the math are eternal. Black holes in reality are not eternal. They evaporate. That's fucking weird. Yes, as far as the math tells us so far, and we think that we've maybe detected Hawking radiation. Right. But what we have not seen, because it is going to take way longer than we will ever be able to see. Right. But we haven't actually seen a black hole exist and then evaporate. Are you going to say a good Stephen Hawking movie? Woo! We'll be long dead. The theory um, of nothing worth watching, am I right? <laughs> um, so, black holes can bring stuff in, nothing can escape, but black holes can also gradually evaporate according to, right. you know, this theory and Hawking radiation. If and that sounds innocuous to you, it's actually a huge fucking problem. Right. Because that implies that information can be lost from the universe because you can't ever get back what's in a black hole. Well, that breaks a fundamental law of quantum physics. Yeah, which is that information is not created or destroyed, right. basically, right? And so this conservation of information, like, you know, you can imagine if black holes are eternal, then when something falls into the black hole, inside the black hole, it has stored that information that something fell in. 
right? Some somewhere it's coded, maybe in the right. event horizon in a holographic black hole, unless or, you know, those fuckers evaporate. Yeah, because if they evaporate into nothingness, that will literally destroy yeah. that information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that is a big problem. There's actually a couple kind of interesting resolutions to this that also are emerge from string theory. Like the holographic universe is like a really interesting one. Yes, yeah. yes. And there are other kind of strange ideas as well. Yeah. yeah. There's firewall theory and fuzzballs are one way. So anyway. And we're a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> so another issue is that the singularity, right, which is supposed to lie at the center of these black holes, this infinitely dense thing in an infinitely small space, Probably doesn't exist. Right. It's probably a side effect of our own limited understanding of the inside of a black hole. Right. And the fact that we don't have a quantum theory of gravity. Right. There's going to be an egg on a lot of people's faces when it really is a library. <laughs> a lot of people talked a lot of shit about that movie. Yeah, but... Matt, like, real stupid. Matt, Matthew McConaughey is going to come out smelling like a rose. Yeah, dude. Beautiful. He's going to be governor of Texas. All right, all right, all right. So... String theorists have their own idea of what is okay. inside of a black hole. Right. And they argue that it basically is kind of like a neutron star. And so a, a neutron star, we talked about a little bit last episode, yeah. which is a star that has collapsed down so hard <laughs> that basically all of the atoms in it have broken apart in terms of being electrons and protons and now are just all neutrons yeah. shoved together. Ugh. Uh, neutron stars are... Not massive enough to be black holes. Right. But are most of the way toward being a black hole. Right. But they do have a definite radius. So they are not a singularity. They don't collapse down into a single point. Right. They are just like a ball of very, very angry neutrons. Right. So string theorists say, okay, well, what if you kept squeezing that? What if you squeezed it harder? Right. This is where if this thing were in non-string theory world we would say maybe it would break down into a quark star. Right. Which is even the neutrons themselves fall apart right. into their constituent quarks. Right. Um, but for string theorists, they would say, oh, no, it would break down into the strings. Right. And those strings would all clump together into a ball. Yeah. And because strings are, like, you know, strings, you'd have, like, a ball of yarn. It would oh. be kind of fuzzy. There'd oh. be, like, little loops around it and right, shit like that. Sure, sure. And, yes, it would be collapsed down smaller than even a neutron star, right. but it would still have a definite radius and would not be a singularity anymore, okay? And so that means that you have this little tiny fuzzy ball of strings that is the remnant of some kind of star collapse. Right. And that ball of strings is massive enough that light can no longer escape from a certain distance. Right. So it would have all the qualities externally of a black hole. It would look exactly like a black hole. But once you entered into the event horizon of that black hole, you'd see, oh, there's just some fucking yarn over there. Right. Some crazy, I mean, I, I don't know what strings look like in string theory. Maybe they're like glowing or something like and, that. It'd and, be like glowing yarn. And that's what people who fall into a black hole have to play with. Yeah, yeah. like cats. Yeah, while they wait for the white hole. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there is a white hole in string theory. Sure, sure, sure. They're over that shit. Because basically, in that sense, black holes stop being a mysterious boundary testing object. Right. It's just like all the other fucking objects that right. happen when a star gives up. Yeah. Right? It, <laughs> like the white dwarfs, neutron stars, all we're talking about is the next step, yeah. which is... A bundle of strings. There's lots of different bundles of strings. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, In you a know. strange way, the simplicity of string theory is actually to its detriment. Because <laughs> it sounds so fucking stupid. 
yeah. but like that's actually them taking complex mathematics yeah. and very elegant mathematics and giving it uh, a catchy metaphor that's problematically simple. Yeah, well, I mean, so it, it's like it's like what do they think the whole universal bundle of strings are fucking crazy? It's like technically yeah. the strings are one-dimensional object things. Yeah, so. If we could see them, they would probably look like strings. No, no, we no, can't no. see them, but, you know. Well, it's just, it's funny, because, like, the the whole wave particle thing of quantum physics is, like, it's almost so unintuitive yeah. or counterintuitive that it actually makes it sound more like science. Yeah, you come through on the other side. <laughs> right, like, being I like, accept this. I have learned science. Whereas you talk about string theory and all the other side, you're like, I've heard a lot of gobbledygook from <laughs> yeah. a bunch of fucking idiots. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> so, having a fuzzball, which is what they would call these, yeah. resolves the singularity issue. Right. But how does it help with the information issue? Right. And so the idea is just like a neutron star yeah. does not have an information problem. Well, yeah. I mean, all the strings are are the information, right? right. It's just you've broken down everything that's gone into a black hole into its constituent parts, once, its elemental parts. Once you fall into a black hole that is a fuzzball, yeah. you will be you torn become, apart you become, into your strings. You become strings. <laughs> and then those strings <laughs> will be absorbed into the fuzzball yeah. and form new larger strings yeah. that have more complex vibrational yeah. features. And, and then they you, turn into brains and those hit. And <laughs> you will have become encoded into the fuzzball. So right. all of the information that was you remains forever with the fuzzball. We should write a book called that. <laughs> you have been encoded into the fuzzball. Um, so it's something about cats. <laughs> I, I, it, it's got to be about cats. I know there's something about cats and quantum physics. I just have an existential crisis, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it's about a, I don't know, maybe like a Boltzmann brain of a cat. I don't know. Like I, 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 We'll workshop it later. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, unlike, I'm going to say, a lot of things in string theory. Yeah. Fuzzballs could theoretically be tested. Right. Oh. Okay. And the reason for this is that black holes as we know them have like pretty well-defined and described event horizons. Right. Even the real-world black holes that have uh, rotation, so they're more like Kerr black holes than Schwarzschild black holes. Right. We still have some kind of idea of what their event horizon should look like, and so we have pretty good ways of modeling that. Fuzzballs don't have a traditional event horizon exactly. Right. They have sort of a warped space within which light cannot escape. But that warped space, because fuzzballs are textured fuzzy... They don't have to be some... It's, it's not a perfect shape. Super Euclidean fucking... Right, yeah, right. Disc or And something. so what that means is that when two, uh, let's say, actual non-string theory black holes yeah. merge together, yeah. that merging process sends off a bunch of ripples in space-time, right. gravitational waves. Yeah. And we can detect them. Yeah. And our detection of those waves has actually matched really well the models that we've built for what it should look like when two black holes merge. Right. If two fuzzballs merge... Mm -hmm. It should look quite different. It should look subtly different. Oh, okay. Subtly different. Uh, because externally, they're still black holes. Right. And they're still, you know, pretty massive. But there should be subtle differences. Um, there should be echoes in the gravitational waves. Right. That are something about gravitational waves bouncing around near the fuzzball or some kind of shit. I don't know. That's going to be That's cool. But there should also be different uh, how long the gravitational waves take to sort of taper out would be mm. slightly different. Okay. And so basically, we just need to keep collecting data on gravitational waves from mergers of black holes. Yeah. And we should be able to test whether or not fuzzballs are a thing or not. If we found that, would that be like the first string theory thing that like had observable evidence? I think 
Yes, but I don't think it'd be enough for people to switch over to string theory. Right. I think people would be like, well, there's probably some other thing. There's on. probably some other explanation that's yeah. perfectly reasonable for why yeah. it's different. But right, curved black holes just are ellipses or something. You know? I, 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 don't think, know. I think it would be. Uh, I think it would be a really big feather in the cap of string theory right. to have something like because right now string theory was like a very prominent theory for physicists like in the 80s and 90s right and like now it's kind of it, it hasn't yielded enough for a long time right and so it kind of needs a little boost i think a lot of physicists that i'm aware of have decided like okay and that's like some big galaxy brain level shit yeah but like let's get back to like on a like things we see through the james quantum yeah. chromodynamics yeah sure uh trying to figure out other ways to resolve quantum gravity yeah. and like maybe someday all of that shit's gonna loop back together into some yeah. kind of string theory thing but like let's try to like nitty-gritty figure this thing out right do you think feynman diagrams feynman diagrams are yeah. real or do you think those are just drawings people do to feel smart like, like, I mean, I feel like as kids, we've accidentally drawn a Feynman diagram. Right? Yeah, that's it's what like, I'm kind of wondering. Ooh, squiggly line that's in. That's a funny reaction. Some guy's walking through a lab and he's like, my kid could draw that. My kid drew that last week. Is that squiggly line out? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that fucking guy walked through like the caves of Alaska. Just, like, <laughs> it was like as a joke, started drawing it. I mean, like, these are imaginary particles. They're coming in and out of existence. <laughs> and like 80 years, it's like gone too deep for Richard Feynman to like just say it's not real. He's dying. He whispered, <laughs> whispered to his, his his like his like foreign language speaking maid. It was uh, made up. <laughs> these mean nothing. And she's like, "Can't." <laughs> he <just> fucking dies. <laughs> That's good, dude. I like that. That should be a movie. All right, all right. Look, everyone. Feynman's final repose. There you go. We did it, everybody. Yeah. This was a foray into physics. Yeah. It's tough for me. This is actually a territory where Nathan knows a lot more than I do. Yeah, it was kind of... Ex well, I don't know about a lot more, but this was kind of excited. I, I think we're closer to slight equals as layman, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I think you, you can approach the math in a way that I can't. Uh, yeah. Well... Somewhat. I don't even think string theory is actually nothing. math. <laughs> but, uh, you know... Uh, but yeah, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to like, yeah, to, like engage like you we'll, a little we'll try more to, deeply. We'll try to sprinkle some, yeah. some physics I'm around. a little bummed we didn't talk about uh, the holographic like event horizon of black holes, because that's like kind of fun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, I, I don't know how much people know about what holograms are in general, right? Yeah. But holograms are basically the ability to encode 3D imagery, like right. the facsimile of three dimensions in two dimensions, right? Right. And so the idea would be the event horizon of a black hole is itself two-dimensional. Right. But may be able to encode the three-dimensional information of the things that are falling into the black hole. Right, right, right. Um, Just sexy, right? I mean, that would solve the information problem. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, all there on the event horizon. It, and it brings up a lot of interesting questions about whether our entire universe is basically... Is itself like just a giant... The, yeah, a yeah. facsimile... Like a, a giant event horizon, yeah, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, and that, that it is an emergent fake number of dimensions yeah. encoded onto... Right. Yeah, so... What's kind of interesting about that whole... Uh, I think Suskin, who's the, who's the guy who started talking about that, the first guy? I think what, what's kind of unfortunate about the holographic um, event horizon yeah, idea yeah. is that... There's a lot of, like, I think it rhymes with simulation theory. Mm -hmm. And that's when, like, I don't even like using the word theory there, right? It rhymes with simulation, with boltzmann -y shit. Um, I remember reading as a kid a pseudoscience book called The Holographic Universe. Yeah. Which was, like, a pseudoscience book uh, 
kind of like if you did an acid trip off of this notion that we're like two-dimensional encoded information. Let, let's just entertain that for a second. Like even if we were two-dimensional encoded information on, uh, you know, I mean, that wouldn't actually change our lives at all. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, it doesn't I, do shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Why, why is it, I, mean, I don't know. It's like everything still works the same way. I'm, I'm still going to try to cure cancer. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, the fuck it, I don't care if I'm actually two-dimensional <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever the fuck. I mean, I guess that's true of simulation theory, too. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I feel yeah. the same way about that. Yeah, yeah, It's like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. difference does it make yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. It does seem weird, right? I mean, what what are people who people who think we're simulation? Like, what's the end game here? I think that I guess the Matrix, right? They might think that they can break out of the simulation or like influence the simulation in extra physical ways. Yeah. You know, there's a recent letter that was released by a lot of people afraid of AI, right? And there was all tech industry people, many of whom are in the AI business or are investing in it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're, they're talking about how we should be worried about it, how we need to put a moratorium on it, right? There's market forces and pressures to do AI that are very dangerous, right? And that, that we need, we need to stop, right? And we yeah. need to do it as a collective, right? Yeah. Um, I had a funny thought about that, right? Which is like, it's funny that, of course, the people who develop AI are the ones who have the most apocalyptic visions about AI because it's, it's what they mostly think about, right? Um, it's kind of similar. It's funny that Elon Musk is the kind of guy who believes in simulation theory because he's the main proof that we live in a tortured simulation. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the only times I ever think I'm in the simulation is when he speaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. There's something yeah. kind of funny and yeah. circular about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the best uh, manifestation of the simulation. I never feel like I'm in simulation until I see his hairline. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, is he reality? fake <laughs> so this this was a fun foray into physics yeah you know what i mean uh i think next week i want us to do an episode about uh, uh a mouse with two daddies <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah scientists made a mouse with two daddies all right that's and a, no mama has anyone written a children's book about that yet because that's like gold <laughs> <laughs> A mouse with two daddies. Wow. Could you imagine that? Yeah. It's like banned in some places, and so it sells better in other places. They like have actual markets. Yeah, maybe after uh, after the episode, we'll be able mm. to write it. I think I'm going to wait to see if Ron DeSantis becomes president. Because if he does, I'm definitely making that book. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't, oh, then it's man. like, whatever, we won the war anyway. He's not going to be president. Yeah. He fell apart already. Yeah, I think so, man. Donald Trump getting indicted really did a number on the other Republicans, huh? Yeah. Also, it's funny. It's like, I think it's, well, whatever. Let's stop recording. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Stacy. Okay. And look, we have an email address, petridishpod at gmail.com. Talk to us. For as long as Twitter still exists, we have a Twitter handle at dishpodcast. That's true. And uh, yeah, yeah. We like you guys. You guys have a good science. Thank you.